The NRL Integrity Unit is investigating a nightclub brawl allegedly involving Canberra player Curtis Scott. A bizarre set of circumstances at the Bulldogs this afternoon. Now, player Lachlan Lewis has been accused of stealing club property, attempting to offload it online. A set of speakers worth a couple of hundred dollars. This is a farce. You're playing a school for fools, Justin. When you arise, what was the stuff on the table? I don't know what it was. Cameron Munster, Brandon Smith and Chris Lewis have all been suspended for one match and fined based on their salary. I don't know what it was. Warriors fullback Reese Walsh has been suspended for two matches and fined $5,000 after he was caught with cocaine on the Gold Coast. When you arise, what was the stuff on the table? What was it? Sugar? Candy? Peter, I wasn't in the room. I don't know what it was. A huge thank you for joining us here on the Dummy M Podcast. I am B-Row, joined always by my good mate T-Dog. Mate, how are you? Back to reality, B-Row. Mm-hmm. And we had such a great weekend. Yes. Which will obviously divulge more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, back to reality. Life is good and rapidly approaching episode 50. I know. Very excited about that. And we're going to have comedian Mick Meredith on the show. And you actually suggested we should get the very first person we called as well. So next week, we're going to be talking to this mystery individual. Yes. However, on this show, in the joke off, we've got comedians Rob Andrew. We've got Peter Green going head to head over the upcoming election. Now, when this plays on the Sunday, it'll all be decided. Yes, so it will. They won't actually know, but the jokes will still be funny. Excellent. Really pumped for today's guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I are UFC tragics. Yep. So we've actually seen this guy fight multiple times, MMA legend, yep. but also fought legitimately in the UFC, Brian yep. Ebersole. Yes. He's got a great story, so I look forward to hearing from him. Mm, however, we should talk about the weekend that was, which of course was Magic mm-hmm. Round, but the best thing about it was we actually got to go. Now, I've been there before. I went last year, had a fantastic time like I did this time. This was your first time there. Mate, tell everybody about it. What an amazing event. Honestly, uh, what other league in the world, you think of all sports leagues, from your cornhole throwing, <laughs> NFL, baseball, soccer, football, where else can you go to one place mm-hmm. and see every team that plays in that competition? Yeah. yeah live. Yep. Magic round. Yeah. This is an amazing, amazing concept. And I've got to tell you, the vibe there is amazing. I know you mentioned it in the lead up. You'll literally, everyone's wearing their team colours. Yeah, yeah, everyone's yeah. wearing yeah. their team colours. It's yeah. a great conversation starter. You'll talk to any randoms mm. and they'll happily engage. Even Manly. Yeah. Even Manly supporters yep. can string a sentence together <laughs> and engage in some banter. Yep. So, that's great. I think there's some news that's doing the rounds at the moment about it being this unfriendly family no, environment based on one fight. What a load of rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could not disagree more. There were kids everywhere. They were having a ball. It's aimed at kids because they've got entertainment. They do fireworks. They do halftime entertainment. They do entertainment between the games. It's such a great spectacle. Yeah, yeah. I give it a 9 out of 10. Yep. 9 out of 10. Yep. And the only way I can improve it is just by possibly having some live music rather than DJs playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But otherwise... If you're a rugby league fan, or even if you're not a rugby league fan, but you enjoy sports and spectacle and mixing with other people, go along. Yeah. It's cheap, mate. We paid 90 bucks for three days of footy. Technically, 89. $89. Yeah. Yeah. For three days of footy. Yeah. Yeah. Eight matches. Yeah. Like, you would pay more than that sometimes to go and watch one match. That's right. Yeah. If you were sort of getting semi good seats. That's exactly right. And at Suncorp, they're all good seats. There is not a bad seat. I'm pretty sure I've sat. Everywhere in that stadium. Yeah, right. Oh, except for the halfway line. I think yeah. it was about row eight or the halfway line, and I found it really hard to see over the other side. But yeah, besides yeah. that, there is not a bad seat in the house. Yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. I share that sentiment because I love the fact you hop in an elevator and there's a different team jersey 
and the person's just straight into you. What's the matter, Parramatta? Yeah. You know, who do you follow? Oh, oh didn't we kick their ass mm. last time we played them? Anyway, then the doors open. And yeah. You're like, have a good day. Yeah. And you, you'll never see them again in your life. Yeah. But you've got something. If that, if we weren't in our jerseys, we would have got into that elevator and not, not said, said a word. A word. Yep. But the fact that that town, now the rain did spoil this, but the town last year was just flooded in jerseys and a lot of middle-aged men on electric scooters, which was, a, I don't know, it was a bit sad to see in some ways. But the town was flooded, so there was more banter and there was more chats and there was more people going, you know, go the Broncos when they saw your Broncos jersey or, you know, Parramatta, etc. So, yeah, the rain kind of dampened that a little bit, so you didn't get the full, like, vibe of the entire city being alive. And the sun kind of came out, so you still got three days' worth of good footy. The rain didn't spoil it. Man, it was such a great thing. The only thing I'd change, I look back on this... And I'm sure you'll agree with me is I don't think I drank enough. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> As always, we're very fortunate to have the one and only stand-up comedian, Julia Wilson, join us for her sports roundup. So let's hear what's happened in the world of sport from J-Dub. Sports, 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 sports. And welcome to the Dummy M News Headlines Roundup with J-Dub. Starting this week out with swimming, where Cody Simpson, former pop star, brackets, that's not a real job and that's coming from a comedian, close brackets, uh, thought he had qualified for the Commonwealth Games swim team. Turns out he had qualified third and the guy who had qualified second wasn't going to race in that particular event. Also turns out Cody's banging the guy who qualified second's ex-girlfriend. All of a sudden, guy who qualified second really wants to compete. It's his life dream as it turns out. Oh, poor Cody. I wonder if he will cope. His ex-girlfriends are Miley Cyrus, Kylie Jenner and Gigi Hadid. I know nothing about pop culture and even I know who those ladies are. So poor old Cody's just going to have to go back to banging famous women. Poor boy. In Rugby League this week, we played pick a coach, any coach with the Canterbury Bulldogs. Poor old Trent Barrett's been given the flick. (laughs) I bet Dean Pace sitting there going, yeah, well, how shit was I? Because I won way more games than that dude did. Everyone's had a crack at it. Everyone's put their hand up that they should have a go. Even Anthony Mundine has put his hat in the ring. Thank God that hat was rejected. Uh, New coach has been elected. Can't think of his name. No one cares. All I care about is that the Bulldogs haven't won in 150,000 games and they're playing my team, the Tigers, this week. For the love of God, can we fuck this up? I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Finally, we're finishing with horse racing, where jockey Michael Poy fucked up royally this week by pulling his horse up one lap early to celebrate his obvious win. He didn't realise that there was an entire lap to go, started to enjoy the shit out of his racing, when then every other horse went past him flat stick. Now, he's been given a two-month ban because it might have been the result of match-fixing, but we all know that in actual fact, it was a Monday morning and he was probably just out on the pingers. Michael Poy, you have won my undying respect. Well done, champion. And that's it for this week. The Dummy M. They've got heads for the game and heads for podcasting. Well, T-Dog and I are massive UFC fans. We have been watching UFC, not quite from the beginning, but maybe, say, around UFC 30 onwards. And the gentleman we have on today is one of the pioneers in the sport, and he's fought some of the big names. In fact... I believe, Brian Eversole, that you actually sort of started out wrestling with Matt Hughes. Is that correct? I mean, I kind of finished wrestling with Matt Hughes. To be honest, he was um, he was part of the last coaching staff I had in my um, athletic career in that regard. He was my university wrestling coach at uh, Eastern Illinois. So that was, um, that was the end of my wrestling career, scholastic wrestling. And then uh, once that was over, uh, I wanted to keep playing the sport. So... Mixed martial arts was just the way to do it. 
Yeah, well, I guess what I'm suggesting is it was when you were wrestling with him that that sort of led you into mixed martial arts. Yeah, I mean, I, I trained and I'd done a few things um, in high school and um, met Pat Miletic and a couple other people, Henzo Gracie, uh, along the way. And, um, yeah, the, the thought of fighting uh, was kind of planted, you know, when I was about 16. I watched, I think, Matt Hughes fight my first year of college, first year of university when he was my wrestling coach. And funny enough, I had my MMA debut in the same gymnasium uh, for the same promoter in the same event Wow! later on. Yeah, nice. Obviously, our listeners can pick up an accent. But you're now living in Australia. But you've been living in Australia for a while. So why did you end up moving out here permanently? Love. Nice. Love. Yes. So my wife is uh, from a small suburb in the southwest of Sydney. And we live in that suburb now. Just a few few uh, hundred yards from her mom her meters i should say and um <laughs> her father lives in the, the very next suburb as well so um yeah just to be to be near her family um made it an easy choice you know once we decided we we're going to settle uh in australia it was pretty easy to uh to go back to hometown for her so i suppose the the lead on question from that is then how does a girl from sydney meet a ufc fighter because uh, said UFC fighter wasn't quite a UFC fighter yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have the budget to sleep anywhere else but the gym. So when I was over here training, I was basically bartering my time in the gym for a place to stay and, and some pocket money for food. And one of my wife's friends trained at a gym that I was sleeping at and, and uh, coaching at at the time and um i met my wife on just a night out with some of the people from the gym and um we we did the long distance thing for a little while and i was able to get back to australia and get a working visa and things just continued and blossomed from there fantastic that's awesome now brian you had a storied career in mixed martial arts 71 fights now can I ask, where does this rank in terms of some of your greatest memories? But one of your many achievements was after you had a fight, the UFC had to bring in a rule saying Speedos are now banned from in the octagon. You are not allowed to wear them. How, where does that rate in your memories of great moments in your time in mixed martial arts? Um, I mean, it's, it's on like the TV show Ridiculousness oh, wow. um, and all sorts of things. So it's definitely probably the most memorable in the public eye. Uh, moment for me but yeah I, I would say my most memorable was was the first uh fight in the octagon just just that moment before i walked in um having a little bit of fun i wore a headgear out because chris lido was going to try to knock my head off yes <laughs> so, and it, like i didn't understand the rules and i just knew some guy was trying to punch me and i showed up you know, i only had 12 days notice for that fight so just kind of having a laugh around the entire set of circumstances like you guys called me two weeks ago, I'm here. Isn't this what we're doing? <laughs> but then that moment going from, you know, cheeky, playful, try to keep the pressure off uh, my shoulders for as long as possible to, boy, oh boy, I got to touch that octagon for the first time under my feet. That was probably the, the most memorable for me. But um, in the public eye, yeah, those Speedos, Dennis Hallman made a mark, that's for sure. Brian, B-Row and myself, we've actually seen you fight, obviously, on cards through the UFC, and uh, you tended to turn up with an arrow shaved into your chest hair. 
Uh, I've got to ask, what is the story behind the arrow? So one of my first fights in Sydney for CFC, I was brought over and I was fighting a guy that was training at Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand. Mm -hmm. And he was a striker, apparently by trade. And I'd seen him in some rare BJJ competition footage, which around this time, because this was like dial-up internet era, it was unique to find video of anyone doing anything. So assessing that video, I knew I was going to beat him grappling. So I shaved a goatee on my chin and I left it and I shaved an arrow on my chest. So the whole shtick was I was telling him to hit me in the chin if he wanted to beat me. <laughs> now, I've got a funny feeling here, Brian, because I went to a few CFC events. And were you the guy, and this is going back at least 10 years or so, You did you walk out to the cage on one occasion and you were talking on your mobile phone? Yeah, yeah, I was calling my mum. <laughs> I saw you fight in Sydney as well. Yeah, so that's there you awesome. Go. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I, I remember telling the promoter like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a little silly on the walkout." And um, you know, I don't know if they listened. I don't remember if they turned the music down or anything. But I was trying to tell them to be quiet. And <laughs> I remember everybody cracked up. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have fun with it, man. There's so much pressure in this sport. I was actually listening to one of my other coaches the other day explain to kids. And this is a guy that's trained under Peter Graham, who's had goodness knows how many fights, a hundred and something. And he was just, he was telling the kid like, I don't know why you guys want to cut all this weight and then fight for the first time and put all this pressure on yourself to like, you know, do 10 things at once when the fighting itself's hard enough. I guess in that same note, like you work so hard to kind of get there and all that pressure and performance anxiety and you know, it feels like the weight of the world's on your shoulders because wins or losses can really determine, you know, your next step and your next opportunity. So just trying to keep that pressure off myself for as long as possible and then just get in the ring in the moment where it matters because there's nothing you can think or, or fantasize about in the locker room that really helps, you know? And, you know, people talk about visualizing and this and that. And I think all that positive visualization, while it, it might be helpful, I think... It's just another way to keep yourself from wandering and from fretting and stressing. At least it's, if you're going to think about the fight, at least you're trying to focus and control it and imagine some positive outcomes. But I think for a lot of people, it's just mentally draining to, mm. to spend an entire you know, two or three days with the only thing on your plate being a fight. And now these days you're working with Elvis Sinisic. Now I believe it's King's Martial Arts Academy. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So that's luckily enough right in my uh right in my neighborhood so i'm very very close to home and it's um yeah it's actually really nice to almost feel like i did back in the u.s where you know we could only wrestle or we could only play football or baseball for our school which was you know tied to where you lived you couldn't just choose any school across the state to go to so it's really nice to to kind of be part of the community that my wife grew up in in that regard. Yeah, nice. Excellent. That's nice. And you teach wrestling, I believe. That's sort of your main focus there. I'm sure you do other classes as well, but you're sort of the wrestling coach. Is that right? If I could focus at that job, I tell you. <laughs> I'm a, I, I teach everything, to be honest. I, um, I start my day with kids BJJ, kids Muay Thai, and then we have either MMA or wrestling or boxing. And then uh, every night of the week we have Muay Thai 
and jujitsu. So yeah, I'm, I'm jack of all trades and I'm maybe a master of one. Oh, yeah, okay. That's better than being that. master of none. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it would it would be nice if um if I could teach wrestling every day, but I get I think three classes a week as it stands. And um MMA is the same. I get three MMA classes a week. I imagine that like how often a day are you training? Are you you mentioned that you're training kids and those kinds of things, but are you training like three times a day, a morning, a midday, uh, like late night session? Or is it, you know, you mentioned a couple of times a week wrestling here and a couple of times MMA there. Is that it? So I'm basically on the mat most nights from four to nine teaching. And then there are some um, some morning classes and uh, I, I get a, a small, small sliver of those morning classes. Some of the other coaches um, split their day up as well. So, um, yeah, there's a bit of a split shift that happens. Yeah. There's not much going on between noon and noon and three, noon and four. Brian, have you thought about between noon and four about maybe running a manscaping class? Oh, <laughs> uh, I tell you. I tell you, I, if I still had my abs, I'd probably play around a little more on Instagram, but I'm just a, a dad bod old coach now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, for all those UFC fans, be sure to go and get into the old school stuff. And as soon as you see that gentleman there with a giant arrow on his chest, you know that that is the one and only Brian Eversole. Brian, thank you so much for your time, mate, and all the best. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. All right, mate, the big news, and we are the dummy and we talk about dumb shit in NRL, is, of course, the fact that Trent Barrett stood down, okay? He wasn't fired. He was stood down by the Bulldogs, so now he is no longer their coach. Now, we have been talking about it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I think you were even slightly on the, I think, trend will go before Madge will. Mm. I don't think I was. No. So I'm going to go back and edit all of that so yeah. that it's me who looks like, you know, <laughs> yeah. however you did predict that. So I just think it was just a given based on media. I mean, mm. media do like to beat things up, let's yeah, face yeah, it. But yeah. even the track record, you hear rumblings. I, I just think Madge has been given a little bit more rope. Yeah. Because he actually has success, yeah. whereas Trent Barrett hasn't. Like He was yeah. at Manly before this, and that ended on bad terms yeah. and you know, this. So that's the only reason why I thought he would be the first one to go. I didn't obviously have any inside knowledge. Mm -hmm. I'm not in that circle. Yeah. But we have spent several days debating about what does this do for Bulldogs in terms of the dummy in points. Yes, yes. So obviously we give points for coaches that are sacked, mm -hmm. but not coaches that quit. Yep. So we debated, well, are we debating on semantics here? Because mm. I think, along with just about everyone else, Phil Gould has got Trent Barrett in the door or in the room and said, here's your opportunity to leave on your own terms mm. or else we're going to fire you. Yeah, yes. And they, and they sort of gave him a sweet, I think, handshake deal as well, half a million dollars from what I understand. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. So Trent's probably gone, hmm, not a bad idea. I might go. Okay, so I, of course, do another podcast uh, with my mate Bernie. We do the Parramatta's podcast. And Bernie just made a really funny point about it last night when we were recording. And he's like, they called an emergency meeting and the night before and he immediately resigned. And he's just like, what else was that meeting about? Yep. You know, was yep. it, oh, we're changing the logo. We need you to come in tomorrow and tell us what it is. Yep. We're now going to be known as the Dobermans. You know, we're changing our colours from blue and white to red and white. Of course he knew he was getting sacked the next day, hence the reason why he went, well, stuff is, I'm going to resign. So it may not have even needed to be that sweet deal. It was the writing was there. They said, this meeting's happening, so he jumped first. And it does give us this, it's a little bit of a dilemma because 
Come on, he was real. He genuinely look. He was getting sacked. He was, he was getting was fired on his way to getting fired. However, Ricky, longtime fan, shout out to Ricky. He was straight onto that on he Facebook was, yes. onto the Drunkards Over Cronus. He's like, he was not fired. He quit. Yes. And it's like, well, you're right. I mean, we can't go changing the rules. No. We're not the video refs. No. Right? And the judiciary, we're not those people. So, unfortunately, they're not Te- going to get these points. No, they? technically mm. speaking, he's right. Mm. We all know he was going to get fired. Absolutely. But he didn't. Yeah. So, I think, and Ricky's right, the Bulldogs don't earn points for this. No, they don't. Now, a couple of other things have developed from here. One of which was Anthony Mundine's put his hand up to be the coach of the Bulldogs, right? Uh, because Ricky, once again, made a point. He said, surely if Mundine gets made the coach, that's like a Mitchell Pierce. That's like 15 points right there for them, okay? Now, I know they've not gone with Anthony Mundine, thank- thank- thankfully. 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 So that happened. But the other thing is, and Parramatta fans have their hopes up, and I always say to them, I don't know why you do this. I don't know why you get your hopes up. But Reed Marnie, who we should never have let go... He essentially has a clause in his contract to get out of it because he signed on with Trent as the coach. Now, someone made a very funny comment on Facebook last night saying, forget it, Wayne Bennett's already on a plane with a packet of prawn chips. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you can't you know, be the prawn chips, can to you? Get yeah. him, to get him signed to the Dolphins. So, And to be honest, he wanted one extra year with our club. Now, he's had two shoulder surgeries, so our club was like, look, we'll give you three years, we won't give you four, which was so stupid, so dumb. Textbook Parramatta. And so the Bulldogs went, yeah, we'll give you four years. And they gave him some prawn chips at a Chinese restaurant, and that was it. I guarantee you, Wayne Bennett will rock up. No matter what the Eels try and throw at him now, if we didn't want him then, he's surely got to have a bit of wounded pride, and the Dolphins throw more money at him. Why would he not go to the Dolphins? Well, from what I understand, the other big signing for the Bulldogs next year was Viliami Kikau. Yep. Now, I have read, once again, whether it's true in the media... But both Marnie and Kikau are saying now, mm. so in May, that they're going to honour their deal. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. So whether things change, who knows? But the Dolphins have more money to play with. Yeah, that's right. You know, so that's right. I don't think anyone is going to beat out a Dolphins offer. Mm. You know, they talk about Cam Munster. They, you know, uh, there's talk about Mitchell Moses possibly, you know, breaking mm. a contract. The Dolphins can offer any money, and yeah, they, yeah. no other team will be able to compete. It's yep. just up to that, I suppose, the individual person, whether they want to go to a, a start-up, a franchise, yep. and be part of that inaugural team, which I think would be pretty exciting, mm. or do they want to stick with the established you know, team where they are? Yeah, it's hard. I, I don't know. But there's already been changes at the Bulldogs. Players yeah. have already left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the, the tree's been really shook here. Yeah. We're going to see what falls out. However, we do know that they have a new coach or an interim coach. Yes. And who is it? So it's been confirmed for the mm-hmm. rest of this year they're going to have Mick Potter. From the Tigers. Formerly coached the Tigers. Wow, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. They're going to go from 16th to 9th this year. You yeah. heard it here first. That's right. The only way is up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to hear my... Fox Force 5 joke? Well, let me tell a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to hear me tell a joke? Knock, knock. Who's there? You can tell a joke, can't you? Nope. Well, this episode is actually airing on Sunday, so the election is all done and dusted. So all these jokes you're about to hear from these two chaps, completely oblivious to what the outcome is. I think, you know, the punters kind of know what's going to happen. However, we are joined by our two of our favourites, Rob Andrews and Peter Green. I'll start with you, Rob, mate. How are you, buddy? I am alive still. Excellent. This is always good, particularly living in the Penrith right. area. And you've cast yep. your vote already, Rob, or you, are you a, an election day man? No, I wait for the sausage sizzle. That's yeah, the only exactly. redeeming yep. factor of democracy. Yeah, yep. 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 absolutely. Okay. All right, Greeny, mate. Now, we've actually flipped the coin, and you're going to go first. 
So why don't you tell them, T-Dog, you know, essentially what they're going to be talking about today? Well, both are with very topical. We're about, what, three days away from deciding whether we're sticking with the same government mm-hmm. or going to have a new government, a hung government. Who yep. knows? We'll find out soon. So these gentlemen are going to make jokes about the election. Yep. Okay, so Peter Green's going to go first. Yep. And we'll go from there. So when the bell rings, Greeny, let's get on to it. Let's do it. The democracy sausage. What a joke. You know what? But it should be proper sausage. Should be glory holes drilled into the uh, the booths at the election. <laughs> <laughs> well, they ask for your preferences. It's not who you want to vote for. It's either straight, gay, bi, undecided. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. I think democracy works. And the best example of democracy work is the largest block of votes that Australia does in every election is the donkey vote. Now, that is the vote where people walk in and draw a giant penis on the election form and put it in. And every single time, every election, we get elected a whole bunch of dicks into parliament. So it seems to work. <laughs> I like democracy. <laughs> Mate, the problem with the election, it's the, the, the people who haven't made their mind up, you know, the swinging voters. It's the, they're, they're idiots. If you listen to these people being interviewed on the way out of the, of the polling booths, they're, 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 these are the kind of people who go into McDonald's and don't know what they want to order. <laughs> and, like, it, it, it's just Scott Morrison, he's been a Big Mac uh, for the whole of the last three years. He's not going to turn into El Maco overnight. <laughs> I, I'm kind of reluctant, actually, to talk about Scott Morrison and, and the McDonald's products. We all know, uh, we all know his, his, his reputation. In fact, if it was a McDonald's product, he'd probably be a, a chocolate thick shake. Why do you say that, <laughs> Granny? Because of his reputation with, at Ingerdean Maccas. <laughs> <laughs> right, democracy only works if you have a a group of informed people in the public. And at the moment, what Australia has is a bunch of spoiled, fat children. So basically, we're North Korea. (laughs) Harsh, harsh. All right, Greeny, on to your last one. Well, the problem with Australian democracy is one person, one vote. Have you met the Australian people? (laughs) They are freaking idiots. <laughs> they, they have the same number of votes as you or I. I mean, 20,000 people bought season tickets, tickets for the Bulldogs these year. Each one of those people has a vote. <laughs> Actually, what I hope the election ends up being is a hung vote because we could use some big dick energy in Parliament. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Take your time, boys. <laughs> The swinging voters. Oh. Yeah, well hung swinging vote. Oh, all right. Rob, Rob's fascinated with dicks this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, that's okay, that's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Right. Obviously, I like the fact that there was a Bulldogs joke in there and can't be in a glory hole joke. So today's winner is Peter Green. Well done, Greeny. <laughs> now that you mention it. <laughs> now that you mention it, both of them were doing dick jokes. Yeah, well, that's true too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what people think of when the election, when they've got yeah, a vote, yeah. just a bunch of dicks. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Maybe so. And when you're on Spotify or Google, Apple Podcast, whichever platform, make sure you give us a bit of a like and a subscribe there. We would appreciate that. Now, we were just talking, of course, about the fact that Trent Barrett from the Bulldogs is gone. Well, it turns out the Eels have lost someone as well. 
an assistant coach. Now, they're claiming it was he got offered a better deal, a higher position at a different uh, code. I even think he's going to rugby union. Right. But it was a great opportunity, and it seems very amicable. It seems like, yeah, no worries. We'd hate, to, we'd hate to lose you, but you're heading off. So assistant coach David Kidwell. Okay, so he's gone. Right. We got Mary McGregor last year. Yeah. As assistant coach. How many assistant coaches are they meant to have? Like... And to be honest, I've never seen Mary McGregor. I've never seen him in the booth. No. I don't know what he's doing. But when they went, oh, David Kidwell, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm an Eels fan. Who's that guy? Yeah, You've never yeah, seen him yeah, around? Yeah, yeah, Mary McGregor. What's happening with Mary McGregor? Like, so I don't think it's a big loss. But do you think the Eels are a bit like Newcastle Knights and they did with, like, Callum Ponga's dad? They're just creating jobs for guys to keep them on the payroll or something? But what, have you ever seen Mary McGregor? I have never, ever. I, Not once. Not even in an Eels interview, yeah. not even when they show file footage of them training. Yeah, I've yeah. never. So, look, if this guy was the assistant coach, how come he wasn't there doing the things he should have done, which was to go, like, you were at Magic Round. You saw Sean Lane bent over. Mate, buggered. Buggered. Yep. He's six foot six. Where's David Kibble going, hey, you know, he really should come off here. Oh, Bryce Cartwright's on for eight minutes I, of the game. What a great play there, B.A., what is this guy doing? Like, I chip on BA, but apparently there was another Nothing. guy there as well yeah, that yeah. I was unfamiliar with. Yeah. So what's happening there? Oh, so, look, could be a lovely guy, but it's no loss to us because dumb decisions are still being made. And it's going to be really interesting to see now. I'm not saying more so in the assistant coaching mm. role that you mm. mentioned, but we're obviously just speaking about coaches. And with the, uh, the Bulldogs' Trent Barrett situation, whether this will start to cause a domino effect because yes, normally one yes. leads to two, leads to three. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see. You know, you mentioned that David Kidwell is possibly going to a different code. I, from what I read, I believe he was going to union. Yes. Yeah. Now, if other job opportunities come up this year, you know, there's still talk of Madge being sacked from yeah, the yeah, Tigers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know that people are looking a little bit at Ricky Stewart, but yep. I'm not sure if this year is the year for them. Yeah, okay. The Knights are really struggling, so whether Adam O'Brien stays mm. on, you know. Mm. So there, there are professional co- There's still some coaches out there, a guy like Shane Flanagan or Paul Green, yep. you know, that are looking yeah, yeah. for jobs. Yep. But you look at those assistant coaches. Now, I'm not saying David Kidwell could be the case, but someone like a Cameron Seraldo at the Pen- mm. Panthers, he might get a, his opportunity as well. So it'll be interesting to see for the next couple of months if this starts to trigger Nathan Brown from the Warriors. There's another one I've just remembered. Like yeah, the Warriors yeah. aren't travelling very well. Yeah, so. Yeah. You know, we might see another four or five coaches go, which then does that mean assistant coaches go or do they step up? Or, yeah. you know, it's going to be really interesting to see over the next couple of months. Yeah, okay. It's no different from education, I guess. You know, someone gets a transfer and yeah. then essentially the dominoes start to fall. Yes. But you would have to think the next person to go is going to be Madge. Yeah. I... Well, provided that if the Tigers per- perform poorly and they don't win, mm. they have a streak of losses, you'd have to imagine that Madge is going to I, I would think so. Look... So the Tigers have the Bulldogs this Friday night. Yep. I, I believe that if the Tigers win that, and they they probably, should, they yeah, probably yeah, should yeah. based yep. on what we, the, the tripe that was served up at Magic Round from yeah, the Bulldogs, yeah. yep. I think that'll give Madge a bit more breathing space. Yeah. Whereas the Warriors, I don't know with the Warriors, because they're still living away from home. They haven't played a home match in almost three years. Yeah, but... Yeah, I, can, yeah. I can give them a bit of grace. Yep. But I don't know... Yeah, they just—they also seem lost. I just—I—I I don't know what to do with those guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay, look, I, and I understand what you're saying. I still think most Kiwis live in Australia, so it's not really an away thing. Yeah. But you'd have to imagine because the flu's also hit the Bulldogs team. Yes. And it seems like a couple of players want to get out of there, and so this new coach is going to come in. Are they going to fire? Are they going to flop? I'd imagine they're going to flop. 
And so, yeah, I think the Tigers will pretty much put it on the doggies this weekend and so badly, in fact, like, you know, the RSPCA should be... It's going to just be... It should be. It should actually be... They just smashed them this weekend. That's why it should be. I, I agree with you, but I do like the fact that they buried this at 6 o'clock on a Friday, unless, unlike last Saturday, where they led with the bottom of the table clash <laughs> of Magic Round between 15 and 16. What a way to kick off the round. No, but you know why they did that? They did that because everyone was still flying in, so they're like, <laughs> Is yeah, that why? Yeah. <laughs> Mate, we've been talking non-stop about the fact that we went to Magic Round, and obviously while down there... You didn't have your computer, so you couldn't check into the emails to see all the sponsorships that have come through. It must have been a nightmare when you opened up your file. So I came back to reality, opened my emails, and just... You know sometimes when you get so many emails, you think, oh, great, I've got no emails, but they're all still loading? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That was me on Monday afternoon. Yeah, wow. So after the five or six minutes, they've all come in. Okay. And what do you know? We've actually got a new opportunity. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about it. There's a new coaching opportunity available right now. No way. Well, that's convenient because I know that this coach has just been fired. So let's hear all about it. Hey, do you know more than three things about rugby league? Can you handle the sound of gunfire from a crowd? Are you okay with hearing... Fully sick! And... Oh, bro, oh, my God! In every sentence? If so, then dust off your best Adidas tracksuit and get your resume in at the Bulldogs as a position has just opened up. After former coach Trent Barrett went into witness protection to hide from irate fans, we're looking for a coach who can do the impossible and actually win us a game. You wouldn't have to do much as Phil Gould is really running the team. So you just need to have your picture taken at training and in the coach's box looking like you're doing something. The best part of this job is you can't do any worse. So drive your WRX or Skyline on down to Belmore with your subwoofers cranking and when you get to the ground, slow down and throw your resume at the stadium. Whatever you do, though, don't bring your vehicle to a stop as you'll lose all your tyres and stereo before you can say, they said they were cousins, officer. Visit the Drunken Sober Chronicles on Facebook to find out more. This job is fully sick. Oh, my God. Biro and T-Dog, the NRL's loose integrity units. If you want to try your hand at podcasting, then be sure to check out Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is an easy-to-use podcasting platform that, with the click of a few buttons, gets your podcast on all the big sites like Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Buzzsprout is designed so that anyone can create an account, log in, and have an episode out within minutes. The site also has a huge library of video tutorials to help you with every step of the process, from recording, improving your audio quality, how to build an audience, and more. They even have a helpful question and answer section if you ever get stuck where you can read up on tips or speak to an expert online. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you, and if you sign up for a paid plan, you get a $20 Amazon gift card. If you have an idea for a show, sign up for a free account and give it a go. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. So check out Buzzsprout today in our show links. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. All right, T-Doc, you are the mathematician. Now, this week we've had to do something slightly different. We're actually recording on a Wednesday. We normally record on a Thursday, and that presents a problem which is... Well, I would normally do the points update on a mm. Wednesday because the judiciary happens on a Tuesday. Yep, yep, yep. And things sort of settle down. So I do my points update on a Wednesday. Mm. Obviously, that hasn't had a chance to happen yet. So I can't read them out now, but what I am going to do is I will update them tonight. They'll mm-hmm. obviously go up on our Facebook page, yep. but I'll record them at home and we'll slide it in. So 
it'll sound a little bit different, the recording. So for all our listeners out there, you're probably thinking, geez, that sounded a bit dodgy. Yeah, because I'm recording at home when we don't have the great setup at home. But mm. we will put in a points update after Magic Round, Round 10, and uh, we'll slide it in and give everyone an update from there. Too easy. And thanks to the magic of editing, I've got that file right now because I'm editing at home. And here's T-Dog with his points update. Okay, listeners, as promised, here's the points update after Round 10. Not a lot of movement at the top of the table. So in third place, we've got the Bulldogs on eight points. And you're thinking to yourself, well, hang on, shouldn't they have more than that? Well, as discussed earlier, Trent Barrett quit and he wasn't fired. So the Bulldogs missed out on a whopping 12 points there. So they're in third on eight points, three points ahead of them. In second are the Penny Panthers on 11. And seven points in front of them on 18 points. In tied first, we've got the Broncos and the Dragons. But this week, a huge shout-out to Manly. After 10 rounds, they are finally off their ducking. Toa Fafoa Sipley earned them their first point for a fine for dangerous contact. So they're finally off their ducking. They're off zero. They're on one, way down the bottom of the table, tied with the Roosters. Well, mate, once again, Broncos featuring on the Dummy M. Like, we should really approach them about sponsorship because we talk about them so much. Don't you win? You've got a podcast about Parramatta and you whinge about them on this <laughs> podcast too. So, come yeah, on. that is true. That is okay. true. But, uh, yeah, big news. So, one of our much maligned players, Anthony Milford, yep. was given pretty much his marching orders last year, mm-hmm. went to sign on for South. That contract wasn't ratified. And then he got a bit in, into a bit of DVO trouble. Yes, yes, yes. So he served his time, he served his suspension, and he's actually making his debut for the Newcastle Knights Okay. tomorrow night against the Broncos. Yeah, wow. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see if that motivates him, comes back to haunt the Broncos, because we know he's got plenty of skill. Yeah, yeah. It'll just be interesting to see what the atmosphere is like. The game is in Newcastle. Yep. He's not the only player this round playing against his old team a week later. Okay. Yeah, so Brent Naden. Ah, uh, yeah. Yes, so Brent yes, Naden yeah. has literally left the Bulldogs yeah. for the Tigers yeah, and wow. they're playing each other this Friday night. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the Milford one intrigues me because we think back to 2015. He was 22, 23 mm-hmm. at the time and just skyrocketing to the moon, took the Broncos to grand final. They didn't win. And then after that, he come crashing yeah, yeah, down yeah. earth and was just never able to recapture that form and was very much maligned and we've spent a million dollars on this guy that seemed to go missing a lot. And mm. So I'm, I'm happy that he's found a new team. Yep. I I don't care which team he plays for. I don't have an issue that he's playing for Newcastle. Yep. But it'll be really interesting to see how he turns up tomorrow night. I think he'll be a valuable addition to the team for Kalen Ponga. Because yeah. Kalen can ask him, say... Mate, what was it like when you're on a big salary and you're just playing like shit? Like, cause I, I need you to tell me all about it. But uh, no, it will be interesting, I guess. And yeah, well, I mean, I always come back to, and I know not every case is like this, but, you know, Isaiah Papali'i, and he essentially, we picked him up. We paid bargain $200,000 and a washer and a dryer. That's like, right. It's a ridiculous price. And he has been amazing. So is this the moment that Anthony Milford lifts? Because... You know, he was in limbo there for a bit. So he you know, went was going to South and then that all fell through. Mm. So hang on, maybe my career's over. And does he look at this like, wow, this is my second chance and I might actually turn things around? And he very well could be because mm. essentially I don't know how long he's signed for the Knights, mm-hmm. but it could be his way of selling his brand to other teams. Mm. I quite often wonder, and this is me genuinely wondering, like 
So players on big money, I'm not sure if they're as motivated mm. as the guys on lesser money because mm. they've got to essentially work harder or try and sell their brand more to get the higher contract, whereas they've those guys that have already got the higher contract, what have they got left to prove they're you know they're getting paid fifty grand. Wasn't it Marvin Hagler, the mm-hmm. famous boxer, yeah. who's mentioned? I, I'm not going to do the quote any justice, but essentially it was saying it's hard to get out of bed when you're sleeping on silk sheets. Yeah, it was. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these guys on the million dollars a year, what what is motivating them? They're, they're already highly paid. Mm. They're not having to sell their brand because they're on this contract. It's clearly really affecting Kalen Ponga, yeah, based yeah, on yeah. what we've seen since he signed. Yep. You know, so maybe Anthony Milford will see the fact he might just be on a train and play contract. Yeah, he might yeah, be yeah. on minimum contract. Yep. I, I, I honestly don't know. So he might be on one hundred and fifty thousand for the rest of the year, and he's and he's probably going to say, "I'm going to use this. I'm appreciative of the fact that I've got to go. Yep. I'm getting paid, but I'm now going to use this to sell myself to try and up my brand." But he also doesn't have like Kalen Ponga does. He also doesn't have an entire legion of fans for the team expecting a million dollars a season out of him. Yeah, and that I think. Yeah, Kalen's got to have to come to grips with that. So you never know. The pressure that's off Anthony Milford, he might return to form. So I'm I'm very willing to believe, you know, a return to form here. Okay. And, you know, he wasn't the only player at the Broncos who was shit, was he? So come on. You know, be, no, you're right. Be you're careful, right. Be, careful, you know, be, be supportive of the young man. But you know what also Anthony Milford doesn't have? His dad doing his contracts for him. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, next week is episode 50. Yeah, I can't believe it. Episode 50, we're here. It's awesome. I've loved every second of it. Yeah, yeah. I have. It's been great. And we're going to talk all about it next week. We'll have some breaks where I'll actually go... What are some of your highlights? What are some of your favourite moments, favourite people you've spoken yeah, to? Yeah, Because, yeah, we've, we've had some big names on the show, which has been awesome. It's been amazing. And everyone has been so welcoming yep. and so polite. Mm. And many of them have thanked us for having... Yeah. Like, they've given their time. Yeah. So, yeah, episode 50, I, I can't believe it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're actually going to be doing that on a Wednesday next week as well. Yes. So the points, once again, will be in that format. Be, yes. yes. However... That is episode 49. Thanks for joining us again. Make sure to check out the Drunk and Sober Chronicles on Facebook. And when you're on any podcasting platform, do follow us. Give us a subscribe. We would thank you kindly for that. And T-Dog, as you always say, mate. Have a beer with your dad for me. Take care. The Dummy M. Find us on Facebook at the Drunk and Sober Chronicles.